Thank you, ladies. Appreciate that. Those are the principles and the scriptures that change our lives as we follow them here at Big Valley Grace Celebrate Recovery. Hi, everybody. I'm Scott. I'm a grateful believer in Christ who's in recovery from alcohol and drugs. Hi, everybody. Really glad you're here. And if you're here for the first time, we want to give you a big welcome for the first time you came. We're glad. Good job, guys. That's a good cheer. And I hope you feel welcome and and comfortable tonight. If you're here for the first time, we have a special group for you when this ends. It'll go for one hour, and it'll meet me uh, right up here under that little black tent. As soon as we say amen to the serenity prayer and everybody gets up and walks away, just walk up to that hilltop, and I'll meet you up there, and we'll uh, take you through what Celebrate Recovery here is on Tuesday night, answer your questions so that next week you'll you'll have uh, more comfort coming in and uh, know what to do and where to go. So we're really glad you're here. If you're here for the second time, we're, we're really grateful you're here. Give them a big hand. Yeah, good job. All right. It's a good spirit in the heat here tonight. Um, we are glad you made it back because uh, it's really important to come back. We all know that. That's why we say keep coming back. It works if you work it. So we're really proud of you, and we have uh, an encouragement tonight that you will go to group at the Amen. Uh, and rather than go to the first-time guest group where you went last week or sometime in the past, we want to invite you to go to your specific group that you know or you believe you should go to. And uh, Adelina and Larry here. If they're not, we'll have some... Uh, Josh will be here uh, to help you get to group, and uh, we'll make sure you get to group uh, if you just come up here by the stage. If you're here for the second time, you're like, where, where are we going? Um, we're glad you're back. Um, we are uh, looking at step studies coming up here probably in September. If you don't know what that is, keep asking and hearing. You'll hear it in group about them. And we're, we're not. Uh, COVID has really <laughs> slowed things down for all of us probably. So we're, we haven't forgotten those important groups. And you'll hear more about those in the coming weeks uh, as we uh, start and put together the plans for opening them up in the near future. We have a great uh, gathering coming this Saturday night. Is it, isn't that right? Next Saturday night, a week from Saturday. Don't show up this Saturday. Sorry. Uh, I should know these things. My bad. Um, so a week from Saturday, there's going to be a get together for uh, a summer party to barbecue at Sam and Cheney's house. It's online. If you don't know where they are, see Sam and Chaney. Uh, they're great. They'll host this, and there'll be a lot of people there having a good time. So if you're looking for something to do on a Saturday night and you're either a member of the family or you're like, I'd like to get to know people on a personal basis, this is a place to come do it. Come join us next Saturday night, a week from this Saturday. <laughs> and... Uh, a reminder that last week we had some changes because school started here. Praise the Lord. We're actually having kids come here, uh, which is pretty unusual in our campus, uh, in our culture. And we're kind of swimming upstream, but it's really changed our campus. So the only change we have is that the men's anger group has been changed to gr room 203. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, 502. I'm sorry. Josh will be over here. He said if you forget... Tell them to see Josh, and he's over there at that car. We'll be up here in front to make sure. But men's, if you see somebody who's from a men's anger group, you know, ask them. And if, uh, if you don't, come up here, and we'll get you to the group, uh, I assure you. Um, so it was, uh, you know, for me, uh, as a pastor and a shepherd and a, a recovering addict, it, there's nothing more encouraging about this entire ministry than a changed life. Uh, 
And uh, so every other week we get to hear incredible testimony of somebody not very long ago was in the first time guest group kind of quivering going, I don't know if I belong here, what am I doing here? And then they stick it out and they soon have a story of how Jesus and this program and the fellowship uh, changed their life. And so tonight we have a great one. Uh, Mary walked in here for the first time seven years ago. Just so you know, this is the second time she's given her testimony. So she's been sharing this story for a while now. But uh, would you give her a great encouragement? Because uh, it's always a little scary. We welcome you, Mary. We're proud of you. Okay, I guess I'll set up here. (laughs) Hi, I'm Mary. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ, and I'm in recovery for codependency to a chemical addict and anger. Hi, guys. Will you please pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for pushing me to walk through these doors and change my life. And I am forever thankful for that. Um, Please be with me as I share this story and um, calm my heart and my nerves. And please keep me cool while I'm up here. In your name I pray, amen. (laughs) My life began in Augsburg, Germany, where I was born. My father was in the U.S. Army and my mother was a full-time mother of five, four boys and me. I was the only girl and the youngest. Most of my family was born and raised in New York, where I spent most of my childhood summers. At age three, we relocated to El Paso, Texas, where my family settled for the next 15 years of my life. My parents were very strict, and we did what we were told when we were told. I always thought I came from a good family, and I felt that the rage and angriness that I grew up around was normal. It was not until I entered these doors of recovery that I realized my childhood affected my behaviors today. I was raised Catholic, and we were required to attend church every Sunday by my parents, but hardly remember them attending with us. I would accept invitations to my friends' churches, and the teachings were very different from what I grew up knowing. I was confused and had no idea what was right. I was easily convinced to accept the altar call at every church, and almost every Sunday I accepted Jesus as my Savior because I didn't know any different. My father retired from the military and worked nights at Southern Pacific Railroad. He was a daily drinker from the time he got off at 8 a.m. till early afternoon. I was very fearful of my father's angriness and rage that sometimes I was scared to talk to him, unsure of what reaction I would receive. I learned quickly not to bother him when he was reading the paper or watching sports. I remember him giving me money in my teen years to get rid of me for the day. He would say, here, here's some money, go to the mall or something. And when anger and alcohol mixed, the yelling and fighting started with my parents. I learned early in life how to hide and isolate from stressful, uncomfortable situations, which is how I dealt with most of the troubled, difficult areas of my life once I became an adult. And I learned how to stuff these areas of my life and never talk about them until CR. My mom was a stay-at-home mom who kept our house immaculate, 
loved to work in the yard, and in my opinion, was the best cook. We had home-cooked meals every day, and she enforced homework and chores before fun. She always stood by me, good and bad, and many times she would protect me by hiding things from my father. When she was disappointed in me, she would tell me, just wait till you have kids. I hope they give you twice the fold you gave me. This was a statement that I carried with me most of my life, and until CR, I believed that I got what I deserved. I wasn't very popular in high school, and swimming was my life passion. I tried to be a cheerleader, then a cape twirler, trying to get that status of popularity and approval that I admired from many girls at my school, but the only thing I was good at was swimming. During summers, I would teach military children how to swim and volunteered at the YMCA youth camp. I considered myself a pretty good kid until my senior year. I had broken some swimming records and I was featured in the local newspaper. Considering my school only had 400 students, anytime your name was in the paper, it was a big deal. That started my popularity. Invites to parties became lies to my parents of where I was going, drinking, playing spin the bottle, smoking cigarettes, and using bad language. I met my first husband in my senior year, who was a year older, graduated, had his own apartment, not to mention old enough to buy alcohol for me and my friends. Little did I know this would begin my party cycle. I became pregnant shortly after dating six months, and all I could think about is how mad my parents would be if they found out. So I had an abortion. We got married two weeks before I graduated. My dad refused to attend our wedding and small reception and did not talk or allow me to come to the house for several months. I know I disappointed him, but I did graduate. We lived very poor and most of our marriage was filled with both physical and verbal abuse. Several times I was locked in our bedroom as punishment. We moved to Modesto, California where his parents lived in hopes to find a new start. I became extremely sick, losing extreme weight that the doctors attributed it to emotional stress, only to find out four months later I was pregnant. I did not want to get an abortion, but because of the medication and x-rays in the early stages of my pregnancy, the doctors told me my baby would probably have physical and mental disabilities, so I had an abortion. Although I know God has forgiven me for my abortions, I still struggle. The abuse got worse and I left many times, only to be convinced to come back. Although things were better for a little while, it was not long before the old behavior surfaced again. I became pregnant with my son Christopher. We moved to Concord, California for a better paying job, but the rent was so expensive, we lived in our car until we saved enough money. It wasn't easy bathing and experiencing morning sickness in the bathroom of McDonald's. When Chris was born, I knew it wasn't just about me anymore, and I had to get us out of this abusive relationship. My husband lost his job, so we moved back to Modesto, and I worked two jobs, stashing money to get us out. My final breaking point was coming home at 9 o'clock at night to a crying baby, grasping for air, alone in his crib. Two months later, Valentine's Day, 1986, we left, and we never went back. As a single mother, the next few years were very rough, 
and found myself having to work a lot to provide and not being there for my son as much as I wanted to be. I wish someone could have prepared me for the difficulties of raising a son alone and the trials of raising a teenager. It is a blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow. Proverbs 10:22. I began smoking marijuana and drinking on a daily basis, hoping it would numb and block the pain and the hurt I felt. It was a perfect mask for what I was going through. I never imagined the pain could hurt so bad knowing your loved one became a chemical addict. I blamed myself that I must have not been a good enough mother, so I did everything I could to help my son get off drugs. I accepted a job as a bartender until something better came along. The money was good, and I was surviving, so I never looked for another job and continued working this job for nine and a half years. It was easier for me to listen to other people's problems than concentrate on my own. My partying escalated, and there were many times I drove intoxicated and did not remember how I got home or any of the events from the night before. I am so thankful today that God had the will, and I never hurt or killed anyone. Most of my relationships were promiscuous. I went on a date with a guy I hardly knew and overly drank and fell down the stairs in his house passing out, being taken via ambulance to the hospital. I had broken both my wrist, and one wrist was a compound fracture. When I woke up from surgery, I will never forget the words that came out of my son's mouth. Are you done yet? Was I? I was so ashamed and broken inside and out. My best friend had to move to Vin from Ventura to take care of me because I literally could not do anything with two casts on both arms. Words cannot express how grateful I am for her friendship. Thank you for being there when I needed you. Throughout this time, apart from dealing with my chaos, my heart was heavy with a loved one's addiction. I tried, to, I tried hard to find a way to help with my loved one's condition, addiction. I could not talk to anyone, especially my family, because I felt no one would understand and could even know what I was going through. Or even worse, I would be judged. I thought I must have not been a good mother. I was really good at making everyone believe that my life was perfect. On the outside, I looked like I had it all together. But on the inside, I was broken. I could not understand how I could give so much and not get the results I wanted. I was the enabler that would give him the money so I did not have to deal with the problem. And he would just disappear for a while much like my dad did, to get rid of me. I was lost. I stopped caring. I hated who I was, and all I felt was unhappiness and hatred towards others. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Psalms 147.3. In 2010, I really started to take a good look at my life and knew I needed to change. I met a guy who truly changed my life. I had set high standards for myself that the next guy must be from New York, a Yankee fan, and a faith-filled, because at this point in my life, I needed this. God must have agreed because he gave me my, the man I am married to today, my husband, and my best friend, Michael. He truly was a blessing and opened my heart to God again. When Mike and I were dating, he would always change my radio station to Caleb. I would always have to change it back. 
Sometimes I forgot and the music started to speak to me and I began realizing what was missing in my life. My husband attended a concert at Big Valley and said that he had heard of a ministry called Celebrate Recovery and that maybe we should take my loved one there. Our hope was this would be the answer to his chemical addiction. The three of us attended and although this was not this did not become the ministry for him, I continually attended CR every week reminding myself I am only here to find the answer to my loved one's addiction because I was not an addict and I didn't need CR. All throughout working as a bartender and depending on daily drinks to help me cope with life, I did not feel deserving of God's love. However, God revealed to me that I too had some hurts, habits, and hangups, and more specifically, this thing called codependency to a chemical addict. So I continually tended to see what else God would reveal. At first, I only attended large group for a while, but eventually made it to the small group. It was in those rooms that I felt for the first time I could break my silence because through the other women sharing, I realized that I wasn't alone. There were others who were experiencing the same hurt I had of a loved one with a chemical addiction. While in the group, I heard about these tools that others who had been attending for a while, and I decided to get into a step study to learn more about that. While I was in the step study, I was still bar bartending. I was often depressed, felt hopeless and angry, and looking for answers on how to fix his problems. I spent many sleepless nights thinking about the unknowns, who he is with, what he is doing, obsessively following him on my Find My iPhone app, only to realize I was creating a problem within myself. My loved one moved in with us. Okay, did I skip a page? No. My loved one moved in with us on several occasions, which added a lot of friction to our household and my marriage. Many times, we kicked him out and other times he left on his own. I would lose sleep and worry, where is he? Is he hungry? Is he cold? Is he safe? This consumed my thoughts, especially when he was homeless living in his car. I just wanted my loved one to live a normal life. I just wanted him fixed. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me, John 14, 1. I remember hearing some quotes in CR that have stuck with me. Nothing changes if nothing changes. And hurt people hurt people. And this hurt caused me to inflict pain on my husband and my sons. When I hurt, I drank, causing me to say things that I really, causing me to say things that really hurt the ones I loved most, trying to destroy everything good in my life. Yes, that's why they say hurt people hurt people, because I was hurt. Going through my first step study was the most amazing experience, and the women I shared the journey with will always have a special part in my, place in my heart. The most rewarding experience was finishing my inventory. I will never forget that day. It was August 15, 2015. Everyone was gone for the weekend, so I was just listening to Christian music, reviewing my written inventory, feeling very disappointed in the person that I had allowed myself to become. I decided to go to the 6 p.m. service at Big Valley. The sermon was God is love. Pastor Rick talked about God's unconditional love and forgiveness, 
that no matter what we have done, God loves and forgives. Tears started rolling down my cheek. I did not feel I was deserving of God's love or forgiveness. So I bowed my head and I prayed to God, begging him to forgive me for the person I had, I had become and invited him to come into my life and into my heart and to lead me on a better path. Finally, I accepted Christ into my life, but this time forever without turning back. I could feel God's overwhelming forgiveness, and I knew he was always there during those dark areas of my life. I just never realized it. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters, Psalms 18:16. Right about this time, I decided to quit bartending as a bartender. God delivered me from depending on alcohol I used as a coping mechanism and helped me to lean on him and his word for comfort. I have been coming to CR for seven years. The most rewarding experience was the freedom I received from my inventory, leaving my old life behind and beginning my new life with my heavenly father by my side. An example of how step of the inventory was in, has impacted my life. My mother fell and broke her, li- her hip, and my brother Bob moved her to Florida after selling her house, everything she owned, and leaving behind her Yorkie. This caused me to have a great deal of resentment against him. She fell again two days after arriving and was in a coma before deciding it was time to let her go. It happened so fast, I never even... I never even said goodbye. Her dog died the same day over 1,600 miles away. This was a resentment that I had to deal with in my inventory, learning to forgive and remove all the hate that had clouded my heart. Forgiving my brother allowed God to remove the hurt and heal the pain. In 2017, my brother passed, and per his request, not to notify my family. Therefore, we learned of his passing two years later. I am grateful that God has healed my heart and broke the chains of resentment and hurt so I could forgive my brother. I have an amazing sponsor who has helped me to look at the good in me and has shown me through scripture God's wisdom for my life. She has also helped me grow closer to God and to let go and let God. I will be forever thankful God put her in my life. My relationship with my loved one is much better, and I have learned that I need to get out of God's way and just enjoy our time together without the stress and worry. Before CR, I was full of rage and anger. I carried guilt and shame over his choices and decisions. Through recovery, I learned that his choices and decisions were his that I had no control over them and no reason to carry guilt or shame. After all, I cannot change him, only he can. This allowed me to start loving him just where he is at. This new love looked like not focusing on his addiction and focusing on building a relationship with him. When I see him, our conversations are no longer about treatment or planning his recovery for him but they become more about sharing life with him where he is at. Through recovery, I learned how to build boundaries that protect me and help build healthy understanding and relationship. It isn't easy sometimes, it hurts, but the pain is only temporary. 
with time and without pushing and dragging, he, on his own, is starting to make some of those choices that I've been praying for. Instead of trying to make them happen with my own power and control, I learned to surrender him and trust in God. He loves him even more than I ever could. Since I started to accept and love him for who he was, this opened up times of talking about my life with God. I am still a work in progress. I am not perfect. I struggle, but I journal my feelings and anger and frustration, and I pray for guidance when I get stuck. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen. Jeremiah 29, 12. Since I have attended CR, I became a part of the family at Big Valley. I have served in a CR bookstore, offering, greeting, been part of the women's Bible studies, mom's next ministry, completed a step study, a journey continues step study, facilitates, I facilitate small group, and I facilitated a step study of some amazing women. I am committed to Bible readings, devotions, and daily prayer. I am also a lector and a Eucharistic minister at my church. I am blessed to sponsor two amazing women who have trusted me to share their hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And I am so thankful God put them in my life. I love the friendship we have built and the time we spend together. I am so thankful that God revealed to me the person I was without him and the renewed person I am because of him. I never imagined that coming to CR would change my life like it did. I am very thankful for the CR ministry for giving me the tools to help with my hurts, habits, and hang-ups and making me feel like I belong and I'm not alone. I am truly blessed with an amazing, caring, supportive husband. Thank you for always being there during my struggles. Thank you for praying with me and for me and helping me grow closer to God. I am so God, I am so glad God gave me you. I love you so much. To my son Chris, I love you and I will always be here for you. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Proverbs 3, 6. God has blessed me with two amazing stepsons, Ryan and Justin. Thank you for your forgiveness, understanding, and accepting me to be a part of your life. I love you both with all my heart and I am so proud of you. God delivered me out of my addictions I used to mask my hurts. And he showed me that my past does not define who I am today. Thank you, God, for never giving up on me, loving me, and forgiving me. I love living life with you. To the newcomer, keep coming back. Set a reminder on your phone. Get into a step study and stay committed to the end. Set your radio to Caleb and don't change it. You are not alone. Your journey begins here. Thank you for letting me share. Mary another big hand that's you get something out of every testimony I'm just sitting there thinking that I didn't know the pre-Mary I know the post-Mary and and you know so it's just wonderful to hear what her life was like because I didn't I don't know that story and that's true for every one of us who know the Lord that there's a there's a pre and a and a post that uh 
we need to tell the world because people just know us for who we are now and they forget who we once were. So give Mary another hand. I'm just blessed by you and your hubby. She's got an incredible, incredible husband and family and she's a true servant. All right, well, uh, let's close with the serenity prayer. If you don't know it, just mumble along with us uh, or listen to those of us who do. And uh, uh, let's pray this amazing prayer of recovery. Lord, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. All right, first-time guests, I'll be right up uh, under that tent. Give Mary a big hug. Encourage her. We're an encouragement ministry. And second-time guests, if you don't know how to get to group, come up here, and Josh will help you. See you back in an hour. Go to group. My encouragement is to go to group.